Hallelujah. I want to thank God for this evening. I want to welcome every one of you who is listening to this message this evening. I believe God has got something for you. But before we proceed, let us just give thanks to God as we wait upon him this evening. Everlasting Father, in the name that is above all other names, I thank you so very much for your loving kindness. Lord, over the last one month or so, you've been so precious to us, so kind, kept us, protected us. None of us, Lord, is expressing any of those symptoms. We thank you. Jehovah, our children are well kept of the Lord. We are grateful. We thank you, King of Kings, because of the way you have sustained us in this place. We thank you for the protection you continue to avail to every child of God. Father, as we come to your presence this hour, I'm praying, King of Glory, that your presence will be with us. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Minister to us in the manner in which you have decided to do so tonight. Thank you, and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want us to listen to this song briefly before we proceed, and then we'll continue with what God has prepared for us today.
Father, we thank you. We bless you. Praise the Lord. That was a song talking about victory belongs to Jesus. And that is the subject of our message this evening. That the victory of the cross. The victory of the cross. I recall very clearly Brother Claudie on Friday taking us through the various phases that our Lord Jesus Christ had to pass through on earth until his second coming. And that was just a demonstration of his purpose and the victory that he came to pronounce to us. But before we continue this subject, I want to break it into about four or five areas that we are going to look at. And the first one is sons of God. Sons of God. And I will also speak the second part, incorruptible seed of God. The incorruptible seed of God. Then we will mention the third one, power and authority of God. The power and authority of God. The fourth part will be delivered from curses or deliverance from curses. And then the, finally the rolling of the stones. The rolling of the stones from our lives. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you praise. We honor thee. Sanctify it. Glorify it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want us to turn our Bibles to the book of John chapter 1. John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1. We are going to look at verse 12 and 13. John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13. The Bible says in verse 12, But to us many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, that is the authority or the privilege, to become children of God. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. That is, to those who believe in, in, in brackets, he say, adhere to, trust in, or rely on his name. These are the people he gave the power to become the sons of God, the privilege to become the sons of God, the children of God. Now, I just want us to look at that verse first before we proceed to verse 13 and see. The first statement says, but to as many as did receive him, as many as did receive and welcome him. So there is that instant in our lives, each one of us, that we received Jesus and we welcomed him into our lives as our personal savior. On that very day, if it was genuinely done, if it was not just something that was done because everybody was doing it, you must have experienced some transformation in your life. Why am I saying this? Because I am aware that many people in life sometimes who have seen people walk to the pulpit to make confessions. And because people were moving, they also moved along. But even in those groups, we have had some who have genuinely moved from that point and been challenged into accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. But if indeed you had that experience in your life, where Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, convicted you, 
You knew this is God speaking to me concerning my life. And you did accept him as your personal savior. On that very day, you became a child of God. You became a child of God. And therefore, there was a transformation in your life. You, be, you received the authority from the Almighty God. You also received the privilege of sonship. You received the privilege of sonship. And also, it was expected of you to continue adhering to, to continue trusting in, to continue relying on his name. That's what that verse speaks about. Verse 13. These people who were born not of blood, natural conception, nor of the will of the flesh, that is physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that is of natural father, but of God, that is a divine and supernatural birth, they are born of God, spiritually transformed, renewed and sanctified. This is the nature of these people. That is why you see, when the angel came to Mary, and Mary was complaining, Mary had the concept that a child can only be found when a man knew a lady. But everything is possible with God. He is the one who created us. He created Adam. He can create another Adam in us. And that is why the Bible refers to Jesus Christ as the second Adam. Because the blood in Christ did not have, I don't know what the scientists say, did not have this complication of mix and match of men and women. It was pure blood, divine blood from above. And it's this blood line that we are talking about. It gave him the privilege to be the son. It gives us the privilege to become sons of God. We are born of this blood. Divine blood, not the natural one. We are born of this blood. So I want each one of us to understand that we have been transformed. We have been renewed and sanctified and made a different person. In the sight of God. There is a complete transformation that took place in our lives. The natural man began, died at that time. The spiritual man in us took on the life of God in us. And that is the life that we want to share. The life that gives us the victory we want to share upon today. I want us to understand that God is in charge of this process. Of transforming us into sons of the living God. If we look Galatians 4. Galatians 4. The book of Galatians chapter 4. The book of Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. But when the right time came. When the right time came. So that means we are born in the right time. Everything that happened after Christ came is happening in the right time. There's nothing that is happening accidentally. 
That is not to say that what happened before him was an accident. No. I'm just using the phrase the Bible has used. When the right time for his manifestation, for the manifestation of the sons of God, came. When that time came, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, who was born from a woman and lived under the law. I like some verse in the, in the Bible which says, A seed of wheat abideth alone. But when it dies, it gives much fruit. For as long as a seed of wheat is alone, isolated, kept safe somewhere, it will abide alone. But when it is put in the ground and the right conditions are found, that seed begins to grow into more fruit. Because that's the right time for it to start giving more fruit. So God realized it was the right time for him to get more sons. By the death of one son, God got more sons. Thousands from all over the world. The law of multiplication. You release, you receive. You give, you receive. Who was born from a woman and lived under the law? Verse 5. God did this so that he could buy the freedom of those who were under the law. My freedom has been purchased. By the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, my freedom. Now the Bible does not say specifically which freedom. So I am at liberty at this moment to declare this freedom is a general freedom. I can apply it in every circumstances that I feel imprisoned. I can pronounce it to every Every situation that tries to imprison me, that tries to tie me in a place, I can tell that situation, I have been purchased. My freedom has been purchased. You have no right to hold me captive. I'm no longer captive. I've escaped the fouler snare. No more under the captivity of your power. That is what this statement means. I'm free. And it continues, God's purpose was to make us his children. Why was he buying our freedom? By the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. So that we become his children. We become sons of the living God. The reason why Jesus is dying on the cross was so that the transformation of us from natural being, from lost causes into the glorious kingdom of the Son, into spiritual beings, so that that was complete on the cross. Verse 6. Since you are now, can we tell ourselves, I am now God's child. I am now God's child. Since you are now God's children, he has sent his spirit 
the spirit of his son into your hearts. The spirit of sonship is now abiding in us. The spirit of sonship is now abiding in us. We can always recognize our father. We can associate ourselves with our father. When he speaks, we can recognize the frequency marries that frequency in us. Our daddy is speaking. When many people speak around you, you can hear their voice. But when your father speaks among those voices, you can distinguish his voice. And know that is my father who is speaking. Similarly, I have seen mothers, especially when you come together as families, you gather, and the children go play out there, especially the small ones. When a child is hurt and cries out, everybody's concerned. But the actual mother, you will see some difference. The real mother of that child will move out very fast because they recognize the voice of their child. While speaking on this subject of sons of God, it is that that I want us to understand that relationship that was accomplished at the time you confessed you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior in your life. That was real. There was a transformation. Forget about what the devil is whispering unto you. It is what God says in that circumstance that matters. That you were purchased by his son. And your freedom has been purchased. No more captives. No more wayward children walking around without a parent. We are no longer bastards. We are sons of the Most High God. The spiritual realm recognizes it. And the kingdom of God recognizes it. And so that we can rest in that assurance. Verse 6. The Spirit cries out, Abba, Father. That lovely sound, my Father, in the name of Jesus. Jehovah Jireh. When you speak, you feel the warmth of that name in your spirit. You feel the touch of that name in your heart because you belong to him. The Spirit crying out, Abba, Father. It is the spirit of our father inside us. Like father, like son. Speaking of him because we know him. Verse 7. Now you are not slaves like before. You are God's children. And you will receive everything he promised his children. What kind of promises are these? What kind of promises are these? Everything. You will receive everything. Everything means everything. Everything. He promised his children. Now sometimes this tense is confusing. 
And people are waiting to receive those promises later. So when they wake up in the morning, they say, I'll receive. The next day they wake up, they say, I'll receive. The next day they wake up, I'll receive. I want us to take this from a literal point. When it was written, that is when God was saying at that time, you will receive. So how many years have passed? That means these things, God released them already. Whatever promises he had for us, he released them. Now, why are we taking so much time to talk about sonship? It is because if you don't understand who you are, it is more likely that you will not do what you are expected to do. If you are employed in a company and they don't tell you what your position is, what your work is, so you just report every morning and hang around there. You'll find within a short time, you begin to complain because you want to know what you need to do. But if at the time of appointment, they told you, you are the son of God. You say, thank you. Now you have got the authority to do one, two, three, four, five, six things. You have that power and we are giving you the authority to do these things. It is likely that you will set off doing it without having any fear or reference to any other person because you know who you are in that company. You know your position, what your position requires you to do. So it's not just enough to know that you belong to a company. You belong to the family of God. But it's good to know that you are a son in that family. And what are the responsibilities of the son? What are the privileges of the son? If we go back to what we said when we were reading John chapter 1 verse 12, you realize in the Amplified Version, specific terms were used there, which were interesting. He said, But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, and in brackets, the authority, the privilege, to become children of God. So that gives you a clear picture what your privileges are. I've seen in some places, probably they've said from certain level of employees, you are free to go and have tea in this a common room, and others, you can fend for yourselves. And sometimes, if you don't know, you continue fending for yourself, when actually your position requires that you can also share the common tea that has been put there. So privileges is important for you to know as a child of God what my privileges are. I believe we know now in our hearts indeed we belong to God. In, in, in addition to many other things that have been said in the past weeks that Jesus was crucified so that you and me may not perish that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And now he has continued to tell us that as many of us that received him, we became sons of the living God. 
and that he has purchased us. He's purchased our freedom so that we are no longer operating under law. But we are free to exercise that law. How many are sons of God? Whisper to yourself, I am a son of God. I am a son of God with full privileges. With full privileges. With full privileges. Now, what is the nature of this son also? We continue by tracing that fact that indeed we are sons of God and there is something that has actually happened to us. And this brings us to our second point. And that is the point which says uh, we are born of the imperishable seed. Imperishable seed. I've titled it imperishable seed. Let's look at First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. Verse 3. Blessed. And in brackets they say gratefully praised and adored. That is unto God. It says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. Now listen to this. Why are we blessing God? Why are we adoring him? Why are we praising him? Because this God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Being full of mercy. Boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is what we are referring to, receiving Jesus Christ, trusting him fully in our hearts. He has caused us to be born again, in bracket, that is to be reborn from above. Spiritual transformation, renewed, as we said earlier, and set apart for his purposes. That's why we are blessing God. He has done this to us. To an ever-living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The seal, the seal that confirms what God has done to us was the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That was his stamp. He was putting on that, the seal, with his stamp. This I have confirmed. It cannot be changed again. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, number four, into an inheritance which is imperishable. An inheritance which is imperishable. Imperishable. Beyond the reach of change and undefiled and unfading, reserved in heaven for you. Let's go over that verse again. There is an inheritance that God has prepared for us. It is imperishable. That means the nature that God planted in us at the time of our salvation, at the time we were being born again, at the time the transformation was taking place in our lives, it was imperishable. It cannot change. So we have been born of the imperishable, incorruptible seed of God. The nature of God has been 
put into us. That is why Paul was saying, the life I now live is no longer I that live it, but it's in Christ who live it. He no longer perceived himself, the Paul, to be alive, but Christ in him to be alive. Are we having the same experience in our lives? Are we having the same feel in our hearts that indeed that transformation has taken place? We are of the imperishable seed. Is that a genuine experience in our lives? Does it scare us that we are about to go in the wrong direction? Does it scare us that our thoughts are no longer right? Does it scare us that we are, we are, we are actually slandering? Because this seed does not sin. This seed does not, it's not corruptible. It does not have that genetic mark of corruptibility. It doesn't have that genetic, the DNA, I don't know whether it's DNA or genetic. That one passed in the window when I was learning, but <laughs> excuse me. But that mark, that biological mark that identifies us with seed is not there. It's not there. That mark that ties us to the law is not there because it died and a new nature came through us. The nature of God, the nature that does not know sin, it is undefiled, it, is un it does not change, it does not fade, it is reserved in heaven for us. This is the nature of the sons of God. That's how the sons of God must perceive themselves. I am no longer that old man, but a new nature has taken place in my life. And what happens? Who are being protected and shielded by the power of God through your faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. Because of this divine nature, God has commissioned himself to lay protection over your life. Everywhere, everything you do, God has committed himself to protect because this is not a seed from elsewhere. It is his own seed. It is his own seed. It is his own seed. He cannot let it be destroyed. You are the seed of God. You are the son of God. You are the seed of God that cannot be corrupted. I have seen some fathers, they come to school, probably their child has fought and probably was hurt, and they come fuming. It's as if the teachers are the ones who beat the child. And you find these are eight-year-olds, and the father is saying, I want the other child punished. He doesn't know who made the mistake, but because it is his own seed, he wants protection for that seed. If we, evil as we are, corrupt as we are, we seek the protection of our own children, how much more shall our Father in heaven, who purchased us not by any simple things, but by the blood of his only begotten Son, how much more shall he seek for our protection? So before we move in, I want to know you to know you are the son of God. And number two, you have been born of an imperishable seed, an incorruptible seed, a special seed. The nature that is in you 
is not the nature of man, it's the nature of God himself. He has planted his seed in you. And that seed he requires of you. Amen. Amen. The third thing we are going to talk about is the power and authority. God has made us sons unto himself. He has put his nature in us. And this nature of God has got some characteristics in it. Whether you hide it or not, it has got some characteristics in it. When you plant a mango, whether you go to U.S. or you go to Australia or you go to New Zealand or you fly to Mongolia, the time you come back in Kerala, you will find that mango. And you will see the mango growing. When it is time for fruit to give fruit, it will give fruit a mango fruit. You cannot plant a seed of a mango and go around and say, I have got an apple and come back expecting to find an apple. No, it will be a mango. It will display the characteristics of a mango. No matter what you do, it will taste like a mango. So you being the son of God, having the nature of God, let's see. Let's see what God has done through his son Jesus Christ. Let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. The book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, Now Jesus called together the twelve. That's the disciples. And gave them the right to exercise. Can you whisper to yourself, I have the right to exercise. Jesus has given me the right to exercise to exercise to exercise jesus called together the 12 disciples and gave them the right to exercise power and authority over all demons and to heal diseases exercise power authority is the right to effect what the power prescribes What the power can do. So when you exercise authority, you're actually transforming what is just there into an effective, an effect. You're making it effectual, effective now. You're effecting what was just known or what was just written into you are exercising it. That is what God has done to us. That he has called us through his son Jesus Christ. Told us you are my sons. You have my nature. So now I want you to exercise the right of being sons. I want you to exercise the power and the authority in me. Over all the demons and all unto heal diseases. 
Just before I read verse 2. Did you see this happen in Genesis? When God had created all these animals, all these birds, all these living things. And then Adam, he said, let us create Adam in our own image. The seed of God was in Adam. So God ceded some of his power to Adam. And told Adam, you have my seed in you. So now, these things that I've created, I would have named them. But now that is your role. Name them. And the elephant came. Adam said, this is an elephant. It's big. It has got huge stamps. It is an elephant. So another one with a very long neck. This one is a giraffe. This one is a tiger. This one is a lion. This one is a bird. This one is a duck. He named all those animals. And the authority was exercising over them remains to date. Because it was God-like. God's authority. And Adam exercised it. Now the problem began at that point. The devil realized something. This authority, unless I steal this man from God, so that he's no longer the son, he doesn't hold that position of sonship, I will die under this authority. I will not breathe. So what the devil did, and he does it even now, is to try and steal the knowledge that you are a son of God with full authority to exercise over him. From 570 or so, around 1,500 years ago, there has been a campaign, a serious campaign to ensure that the issue of sonship is questioned that Jesus never said he's the son of God. If it is true Jesus was not the son of God, then it is true he cannot give us the power to become sons of God. And therefore, we cannot exercise the authority of God. It's a simple logic. So that is a fundamental issue in our Christian life. Trying to destabilize our base of authority the power base of our Christianity. The moment you forget you are a son of God, you are done. You will be tossed left, right, center, up, down, swung in every direction because the enemy knows you don't know who you are. You don't know what you have. You don't know the authority you have. That is what you will be doing in your life. Do not forget, you are a son of God. You are not a corruptible seed. The seed in you is incorruptible. 
it should not be corrupted. If it is corrupted, you lose your sonship. Number two, then, verse two, then he sent them out. After giving them authority and power and the right to exercise, he sent them out on a brief journey to preach the kingdom of God and to perform healing. To exercise the authority. He was not going with them. He had given them the authority and said, now go and exercise. Matthew 10. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. And as you go, preach saying, and as you go. Now he's telling the same disciples, the two verses, though from different gospels, they're talking about the same incidents. As you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8, pay attention to this because this is very central to what we are talking today. Verse 8, it says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. What is the Bible saying? This authority resides in you and me now as sons of God. So we need to declare it. We need to speak it in those situations. When somebody is sick, may you heal this. God has given you the authority to exercise, to declare that healing in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing. In the name of Jesus, rise up. In the name of Jesus, be ye cleansed of your leprosy. Demon, I command you in the name of Jesus, leave right now. If you don't know this, you will behave like the children of Sceva, the seven sons of Sceva. You will say, In the name of the Jesus, Pastor Abraham, Pastor Leslie, Pastor Francis, preach. I command you to go. Then the enemy knows, oh, this man doesn't know who he is. He thinks it is by association to a son of God that you do this. No, you must be a son of God yourself. If it's just by association, it doesn't work. The story of those seven sons, you know what happened. They knew the problem of association without being real, genuine, a genuine son of God. You cannot exercise that which you don't have. You cannot exercise the authority you don't have. People will just look at you and go. The demons will just say, ah, that is a noisemaker, and they go. But when you have the authority... And you call to attention to heaven in the name of Jesus. Ha, the power is ready to be released. Amen. So number three, you have power. You have power. You have power. But what is this power meant to do? What is this power meant to do? Is it just power to enjoy? I see the people of this world, if you are associated, if you are the child of the president, you are the child of the king, 
You are the child of the ruler. You are the child of a senior official, government official. Some of them, they don't care about anything. They will mess you up and pay you for messing you up because they know who their father is. That is if you are lucky. Otherwise, they will just lock you up. In addition to being abused, they will also lock you up. Because they know who their father is. They know the seed, the bloodline they belong to. And they know the power associated with that bloodline. They make good use of him. The children of this world are wiser than the children of the kingdom. They exercise the authority, the imagined authority, so liberally. But the sons of the living God are so reserved in exercising the authority. They don't take charge of the situation that they are facing. Galatians 3, Galatians 3. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law. From the curse of the law. From the curse of the law. And its, its condemnation by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs or is crucified on a tree, on the cross. So I discover something. That this power that God has given me has set me free from the curses of the law. The curses that I lived under before. The curses that men declared over my life. The curses that were written concerning my life. This power and authority has set me free from them all. Courtesy of Jesus' death on the cross. Oh, what a wonderful discovery. That I have got the power now. No curse can come to hang over my life. No curse can, can hold me back. I'm no longer captive because I've been set free. I've been set free. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Verse 14. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might also come to the Gentiles. So that we would all receive, in brackets, the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Through faith. Now we have received the power. And the power that we have received. The Bible is telling us. It has set us free. It has redeemed us. From the curse of the law. Tonight as I come to a close. I want to pray. That as we continue trusting in God, we will understand our position in this family. We are sons of the living God. We have...
been born of incorruptible seed of God. The nature of God is in us. That we have received the power. The power to exercise over all these things that disturb us. And all curses must be broken. Because they fall under those vices that we need to be setting ourselves free from. This being a unique victory night, I know it's not possible for us to lay hands on you as a church council or the elders in the church or the church leadership. But I want you to know it is not our hands that heal. It is not us. We only become points of contact to minister to the needs in your life. But as we have discovered from the scripture, all of us are sons of God. We have received the power over these circumstances. We can declare to them tonight that they are finished. I want us to bow down and begin to pray over certain things that I'll mention. Thank you, Jesus. There are people probably in our midst who, as our brother was sharing last week on Friday, I realized he mentioned something about his broken leg and how he overcame. And immediately, we were listening with my family. And I told them, that thing is powerful. I shared with them. Understanding what is happening, what the devil is doing in your life, and knowing who you are, you take authority. People who are suffering from ancestral curses, things repeating themselves in our lives, we know they are not right, they are not supposed to be there, but no matter what we try, we see them come over and over and over and over. You have the power and the authority to break that curse. It should not cross to your son. It should not cross to your daughter. It should not cross to your grandchildren. Father, in the name of Jesus, we unite in faith with my brethren right now. We declare every ancestral curse broken in the name of Jesus. Every ancestral curse that has hovered in our family generation after generation. Your grandmother, your grandfather, your mother, your father, yourself. Now it is targeting your son, your daughter. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, break those curses right now. You know each one of us. You know what they are struggling with. I declare total deliverance in the name of Jesus. Total deliverance in the name of Jesus. Total deliverance in the name of Jesus. Satan, you have no right over the lives of these dear ones. You have no right. You have never had a right. Stop lying to them. They are sons of God. They have got the power and the authority of Jesus in their lives. We declare together as a family, you are broken. You are broken. You are broken. 
never again to rise never again to rise spirit of stagnation you hovered in our family far too long we come against you now in the name of jesus we break that spirit of stagnation you have no right over our lives i pray for that sister for that brother that person who has been experiencing this stagnation father we refuse it right now we reject it we banish it out of our lives it cannot be in our lives a curse without a cause cannot land that's what your word says whoever declared that curse we renounce it now father there are things that we have spoken in our own lives with our own lips that the devil is using to tie us down father we repent of them now we renounce those words we renounce those utterances they are not part of us our words are spirit and life when we declare them they become life so we want to declare healing upon our lives we want to declare deliverance upon our lives we declare deliverance upon our children we declare deliverance upon our parents we declare deliverance upon ourselves we declare deliverance upon everybody associated with us curses which have been spoken by people around us relatives our bosses in our lives we take authority in the name of jesus now we rebuke you satan you have no portion in our lives we belong to god we are the property of god purchased by the blood of jesus christ no more prisoners no more under the curse we are free freed from this the snare of the fowler in the name of jesus no more captives but free in jesus name every one of us is free in the mighty name of jesus we speak to sicknesses sicknesses in our midst we take authority in the name of jesus i declare to you sickness i declare to you cancerous cells i declare to you diabetes i declare to you you spirits that want to haunt our, the children of god we rebuke you right now in the name of jesus every form of disease every form of disease the devil wants to use to subdue the children of god i declare them broken in the name of jesus you are broken now in the name of jesus our lord is in authority he has given us the power he has given us the dunamis the dunamis of god we declare it we declare it now upon you satan you are broken 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 those who are suffering under influences demonic influences one way or another i want to come against those spirits in the name of jesus i rebuke them now satan you have no but in the lives of these dear ones you have no business in the life of a child of god you have no business in the life of a child of god i rebuke you now in the name of jesus i declare the fire of the holy ghost in your direction the thunderbolt from the altar of god 
I send it in your direction now. The thunderbolt from the altar of God. I send it in your direction. You spirit of lies. You spirit of sickness. You spirit of gossip. You can no longer tie the children of God down. You spirit of slander. You can no longer tie the children of God down. I send the thunderbolt of God. Leave them right now. Leave them right now. They are the vessels of God. They have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. They are free. They are born of the seed of God. The righteous seed that knows no sin. is incorruptible. In and fading. We take authority over you. In Jesus name. We declare deliverance. We declare freedom. We declare deliverance. Father, we pray right now against every tongue that has been raised towards the children of God. I rebuke it now, especially those that belong to this household of faith in bread of life. That tongue shall not stand. It shall not have any effect. Instead, the author, the originator, will receive it himself, shall not come forth to disrupt the children's life. Oh, this is not the bread of the children of the kingdom. Deliverance is their bread, not suffering, not being bound. Right now, I plead the blood of Jesus to cover each one of them as you set them free, Lord. Let the blood of the Lamb of God take charge. Let the blood of the Lamb of God take charge. Cleanse each one of them. I invite the angels of the living God to take charge. Take over and camp around each one of us. We want to have your fellowship, angels of God. Take charge around us. Oh, fellowship with each one of us. Tell us the good things that the Father has done in heaven above. We want to hear. We want to celebrate with you. Holy Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. Because indeed, you are our God. Cover us with your righteous scepter, Lord. The scepter of the kingdom. Let the righteousness of God take charge. Let the righteousness of God, we clothe ourselves with this righteousness. Holy Spirit, take charge of our lives now. Take control of every circumstance. Holy Spirit, let the blood of Jesus sweep over us. As we drink of the blood of the Lamb, the Lord's table, we declare ourselves to belong to this blood line of God. The divine bloodline. That knows no sin, that doeth no sin, that bows not to sin, that bows not to idols. We declare ourselves to be purchased of that blood, and that the eternal life of Christ is in us, that Christ reigns in us. Thank you for your protection. Father, every other child of God, whatever their needs be, you understand them better. 
I pray that they take charge, they take authority over those situations and declare victory in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We honor your name. Blessed Redeemer, I want to thank you for everybody who has listened to this message. I pray that the Spirit of God will continue to speak to us. Lift us to that point where we begin to take our rightful position and exercise our authority in our lives. Every child of God must be victorious. Every child of God must experience the victory and the joy of salvation. You promised us the blessings of Abraham that we may be partakers of them because of the deliverance we have received. Thank you, Jesus, for the leadership of the church. Thank you for the members of the church. Thank you for those who have listened. Speak to each one of us in your own special way. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness, mercy, follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you so much. God bless you so, 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 so much. As we come to a close, pray that the power of God may continue training us. Yes.